0: Where's Ralph? He's over there, hogging the hell of a good dip for his big game ritual.
1: Oh boy. Hey Ralph, can we get some of that too? Yeah, yeah, soon. Almost done. First the carrot, two taps and dip. Then the celery. Ah, yes, now the chips. All dipped in creamy, hell of a good dip. Mmm,
0: delicious. Yes, it worked! Get the dip made with real milk and cream that wins every time. Not just good, hell of a good. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that with the American Family Insurance Home Quote Tool, you can easily design a customized policy for your dream home right from the comfort of your couch.
1: And fun paint fact, there are over 150 shades of white, like Hello White, Fluffy Bunny, Eggshell. They get it. Explore
0: the AmFam Home Quote Tool at amfam.com home to learn more about your policy coverage options. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. American Family Mutual Insurance Company has signed its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Products not available in every state. The Kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. You have tuned into Kingdom Encounter with Glenn Bleakney. Connect with us for powerful, life-changing teaching and guest interviews that will inspire you with hope and equip you with the knowledge and skills needed to fulfill your destiny in the Kingdom of God. Now, here is Glenn Bleakney. Hey everyone, Glenn Blakeney here of Awake Nations. I am so stoked to be with you guys tonight. We're going to have an incredible time together. Guys, I'm telling you, this broadcast is going to be lit. You are going to be challenged. You're going to be stretched. We're going to smash some paradigms. We're going to rebuild and uh, some new things that the Lord wants done in this season as we talk about reformation the reformation of the church we are in a season of reformation perhaps the greatest reformation ever experienced by the church and it's so important in fact our subject tonight is reformation before revival so important a lot of people want to see revival they're praying for revival but a lot of times guys we the reason for that we're not seeing revival the way we want to and i'm and i'm not saying there's not any indication of revival in the world. I mean, praise God for what we see happening. I'm telling you, you know, I thank God for what I see, what I have seen happen, the power of the Holy Spirit, salvations, miracles, signs and wonders. But the Lord wants to sustain what has happened. He wants this to increase, guys. It's his will that we go from glory to glory and that the latter glory is greater than the former. It's So we need to see Reformation. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So my guest is Apostle Brian Miranda. I will bring him on in just a moment. Before we do, hey, would you just go ahead and hit the share button? Hit the share button, please. I know this broadcast is going to be so beneficial to so many people. Just hit the share button, share it in your groups, uh, on your personal profile, and so on. We really appreciate that. Also, just uh, let us know where you're watching from. Let us know, um, why you tuned in. Just say, Hey, good evening. Thank you. Uh, looking at some names here, Wayne. Thank you. Um, pastor Pearl. Thank you, Ruby. Bless you guys. Dr. Harold Norris bless you. Okay. Reformation before revival. Yeah. Awesome topic. So thank you so much, guys. Just keep sharing. We're just going to take a moment and, uh, I go over just a few things that'll be i think very important to some of you guys as i said earlier if you are not familiar with me who i am my name is glenn blakeney of awake nations ministries thank you grab bless you from india bless you bless you joe from honduras thank you guys uh melody there you go prophetess melody aha cool california thank you yeah let us know where you're watching from like keep it going Glenn Blakeney, Awake Nations, guys, I just want to let you know that we have something called the Kingdom Community, and we are doing a lot of training and teaching. You can be part of that if you're looking for, you know, new wineskin training. We're starting um, some free training courses in July on the topic of two topics, the Gospel of the Kingdom and Apostolic Centers. And all you need to do, guys, is go to my website, which is Awakenations.org. Awakenations.org. I'll put it up. And then while you're there, just sign up. You'll see it'll pop up. where There's a place for you to put in your email address. Just go ahead and do that. And we'll send you information about these free courses. They're only uh, one session a month. It's once a month. It's actually the third Wednesday of every month. We have in the morning and the evening, so it can work for your schedule, for everyone's schedule, hopefully. And we'd love to have you be part of it, guys. It's absolutely free. We are trying to equip, and we are doing our part to see this Reformation come to pass as well. So just visit our website, awakenations.org, and you can sign up. And also, we have a Facebook group called Kingdom Community, and then in parentheses and brackets, it says Awake Nations. I encourage you, if you're looking for connection, for uh, training and equipping, to join that private group as well. There's a lot of information in there. And also, guys, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, so on. It's just Glenn Blakeney. YouTube, lots of stuff on YouTube, lots of great broadcasts coming up this Thursday. 11 a.m. Central Time, I have a great young evangelist from South Africa who uh, is going to be on the program. You'll see more about that later on. We've got some great guests coming on. It's going to be awesome. And, uh, you know, as you also sign up for a podcast and so on, you can watch the replays of these videos. And also they're pushed out to the major podcast platform. So as I said, we are talking about Reformation Before Revival. And my good friend and uh, special guest, we honor this man of God tonight is Apostle Brian Miranda. And uh, I I love his heart for reformation. So welcome Apostle Brian to the program tonight. Bless you. Thanks for joining us.
1: Praise God. I mean, uh, I think this has been a long time coming. Sometimes it feels like You know, uh, even how we met uh, is just a Kairos moment. So I'm really honored to be here tonight.
0: Amen. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. In fact, I was thinking about how good that dinner was, man, <laughs> at Brazilian Steakhouse. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, he, he's I said he, he want to go to a Brazilian Steakhouse. Now You're we're friends for life after that. So <laughs> But no, I appreciate it. But all joking aside. Yeah, guys, thank you for tuning in. Keep letting us know where you're watching from. We love to hear Canada. Great. 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 Thanks, guys. Go ahead and share, please. Philippines as well. Blessings, guys. Thank you so much. California. Awesome. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, guys. So we are in a a season of Reformation, and a lot of people have been questioning, you know, what's been going on. And, you know, we've heard the terminology, Apostle, that COVID-19 was a, a reset for the church. Well, personally, I don't think it was a reset I think COVID-19 just emphasized and maybe accelerated some things that, that we need to do. But I remember in the beginning when um, th- the very beginning, remember all the churches were shutting down and right away, and we didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, I saw there were posts on social media that said something like this, you know, the church has left the building, and and I and I'm not trying to be negative here, but Like I I just I'm a thinker, you know, I'm very analytical by nature. And so I look at things and I go, man, has the church left the building? I don't think so. I think the church is locked out of the building. (gasps) Mm. And there's a difference between the church has left the building. The church is locked out of the building. And once the buildings reopen again, uh, you know, there are many churches, many pastors and leaders are going to go back to the same old, same old. And, you know, there's obviously places in the world right now where um, they're still not gathering. You know, they're still not, they're in lockdown in, in many nations of the world still. So it's a tough time. But but, uh, what what about this whole thing with COVID-19 and what's happening? You know, what's the Lord really been saying to you through all of this?
1: You know, I mean, of course, I feel like everyone's lost their mind on social media. Uh in some form it seems like we've seen this gravitation towards um of course uh the avenues that, you know, uh for for better words um uh, uh that have opened up to um the church. This is a an an hour that we've probably never seen and never will see again, mm-hmm. uh good and bad, you know. So You know, like you know, we know that God is not the author of evil or destruction or disease, but at the same time, He allows and utilizes that wave—I call it—to further His kingdom design in the earth. And you know what? I mean, there's there's much to say, too much to say on this broadcast about the COVID nineteen stuff. But I'll tell you what—I think that uh, it has uh, uh, allowed the catapult. Um, I gave a prophetic word, uh, the beginning of 2020, uh, that this was going to be the uh, apex, what we're going to see coming into 2020, 2021 in the next seven to 10 years is what the Lord showed me. And I believe this is a platform. This is a catapult for the remnant uh, that may have been uh, already in the caves. For me and my wife, we traveled all through COVID. We'd already been in the cave. So there was nothing that held us back. We continued on. I believe that I although I wasn't pastoring a church at that time I was very uh I was very animated even at times on my broadcast um yeah. about you know uh, what happened to leaving the church doors open why are we allowing uh things to dic- dictate us now and rule over us in fear so you know there was so much you know things that are going on and still going on and it and it it can be it can seem very hypocritical Uh, That now, oh, all of a sudden we have healing conferences and all of a sudden there's all this stuff going on, whereas before it wasn't. And, you know, the sad thing about it is, is that really, I think COVID-19 pulled the wool off of the the churchianity, so to speak, and allowed people, especially those maybe that were teetering on their relationship with God to either the furtherment of that or the the pulling away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember in the beginning of COVID-19, I um, actually shared a message where I talked about how the Lord promises to protect his people. And, you know, we went through some of the John G. Lake stories when he was burying the dead mm-hmm. as, a, as a result of the plague and, you know, how he never got sick and the doctors were freaked out by that. Like what? And mm-hmm. and it's true. Like we we really do. We really believe in the power of God. Do we really believe in healing? I think that's one thing that COVID-19 did show to uh, show us, you know, that because there's some great men and women of God, and I'm not judging anyone when I say this, that ended up getting quite sick and right. and even dying. I know pastors that died, especially overseas. And and so, you know, we, we definitely have to come to a place where we really begin to step into um, the revelation of this gospel You know, the gospel of the king's dominion, that Jesus Christ is king and Lord of lords. Now, Apostle Brian, you've been in ministry for over 20 years, uh, Fire and Water International Ministries. You also have a crazy testimony, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But you um, really have come into the kingdom when you were born again you came into the kingdom from, um, the antithesis of a, uh, you know, religious background. And, and, uh, you know, you've got that, uh, whole thing in you, I believe where, you know, you, you're just the person that you are in Christ and how the Lord created you is, is really, you are a reformer. You're someone that, um, rocks the boat you're not content with the status quo and and i don't think um that's rebellious and in the sense i know it can be rebellious if we're doing it for the wrong reason but it's really um about recalibrating the church bringing the church back to the um, new testament blueprints you know the apostolic prophetic foundation and you use the term the terminology often you know reformation before revival in fact i think that's what your broadcast is called and and what do you mean by that reformation um you're the church is in a time of great reformation what do you mean by that
1: well the lord gave me that he actually gave me that you know when i had uh a coming out party so to speak jesus came into my room in San Diego, me and my my wife were pastoring there, and, you know, things seemed great, you know. Uh, We were in a large organization, and, and all of a sudden, you know, God came in and upended it. I would love to say that I came up with this revelation, but the Lord gave it to me and he started to bring me out to bring me back in, so to speak. And when we talk about the term reformation before revival, you know, we have seen the religiosity of the church state and how things have been for so long uh, that the Lord spoke to me one day and he says, you know, these revivals that they're throwing, he goes, they're nothing more than uh, uh, unauthorized. Uh, parties thrown in condemned houses. And I thought, oh my God, Lord. Wow. And it, it was so powerful when he told me that it, it messed me up. He said, but still don't forget, this is my bride. We're talking about here. Right. He says, so I've called you to it. And so when he called me to the reformation, he says, Brian, you can't own it or it just becomes another movement. And what he meant by that was a movement that comes around and only goes so far, but a revolution or a renaissance is something that yeah. I believe we're in right now, that God is bringing us back around full yeah. circle has been the word lately. And yeah. when we say full circle, reformation is nothing new. Uh, the Bible yeah. says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun, but yet this is what God has been doing since the fall of Adam. He says, he says this, he says, all day long, I reach out my hand to a gainsaying people. So we see this ebb and flow through the Bible, the Old Testament. That's right. For some of you that are watching, we still believe in the Old Testament as well. <laughs> in the new, amen, and that Jesus Christ is uh, the righteousness fulfilled in that. So therefore, us being New Testament, um, um, I don't want to say believers, but New Testament operators, amen. Uh, much like we see uh, as I was ministering this last weekend in Fresno about the apostolic and prophetic teams. But that's, that's further on, I know. But reformation before revival means that God has to reform the heart's bed, uh, soul of our hearts, before we could ever see a true revival break out. I was talking to my wife today about this reformation that God is doing in the earth that we are in an hour right now. Now, I want to get ahead of myself or you but we're in an hour right now where there is a dispensation. In other words, there is a grace poured out. We won't be in reformation forever. Amen. We shouldn't be. That's like saying that I'm in pioneer mode 15 years in, we got to start building sooner or later. So that that's really what the Lord was showing me about reformation before revival.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And you know, um, I was reading today, I was actually listening to an audio book today, um, powerful audio book on the apostolic and the, the author made, uh, this reference. He said, he was talking about reformation and he said, uh, when you read the new King James or the King James version of the Bible, the word reformation is found. In fact, the Greek word is only found once in the entire Bible, New Testament. It's in Hebrews 9, four ten, Hebrews nine ten, when it talks about obviously the old order of the law, now that we're under Christ, but it's, it references, um, that these things were imposed until the time of Reformation, and that word in Greek um, actually the root word is orthos, from which we get, you know, like an orthopedic surgeon, one who who does uh, he'll take a bone that's broken and he'll fuse it back together. Or what and and the idea literally means um, to do that to bring a bone that was broken to fuse it together, and it talks about. Alignment and so, so that's really powerful. Um, God is doing something. A reformation is God bringing the church back into alignment with, um, you know, His ways. Really, so uh, like you said, it's not something new.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is that, you know, the word that's synonymous with reformation that I like to use is Latin. It's called renovare, which is the root word for renovation. So when we're renovating a house, and this is the you know, I don't know if we're leading off into that, but I love where you go there is that hmm. he's making a crooked path straight. Mm-hmm. So, where an arm's been broke, it's got to be set. Right. So, there's the setting of the doctrine that the apostles and prophets are laying, right. as the Bible yeah. says. And now we have something, a sure footing again. Amen. Yeah. We have a floor that we're able to stand on. Absolutely. So renovation deals with the house. I mean, I don't know if we're going into that. I want to get ahead, but you get me started on this. Yeah, Afos, no. I get excited. <laughs> no, no, you,
0: you go for it. You yeah. go for well, it.
1: Well, you know, the thing is, is that we look at the house. And when we consider a house, you know, we know the Bible says that, don't you know that you are the temple of God and that you yeah. house the Holy Spirit? So therefore, yeah. this temple... Uh, that we've been uh, so long laboring in, that maybe many of us were burnt into this temple where there was Ichabod written over it, where the glory of the Lord had lifted, where we're not seeing the power of God, where we're not seeing um, the miracle signs and wonders as we ought to have. And that's because the humility has left the building. There's no grace. The Bible says that I give grace to the meek, will resist the proud. So, therefore, there's been this spirit of pride that has been cultivated throughout the generations, that's been passed down, that has almost kind of like if you picture a house, I said a while ago that uh-huh. these unauthorized parties they call revivals in these condemned houses, these are houses of Ichabod, these are houses, I know it's harsh, right. I know well, it's harsh hard. and, 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 it's, and, the and word. it's fermented wine of houses uh, winery of houses, you go in and you know, to where we have taken the word of God and and and, and kind of I don't want to say diffuse, but kind of like remove the fear of the Lord. Okay, so there's no glory on that. There's no power, yeah. there's no miracles. So it's like walking into a condemned house already that you know, when they condemn a house in the natural, they post statements on the or you can't go in here. We have to cause it. We're gonna, it's it's been set up for destruction, it's been set up to be demolished. So yeah. now with the reformers coming in, they're saying, you know what, we are going to tear this house down. Yeah. We're gonna remove the, the the walls, the 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 floors, we're gonna remove everything because what people have done over the years apostles they've really just slapped some paint on the wall and called it pretty they you know i have a saying where i'm from i'm from texas so you could put lipstick on a pig but it's still a pig and so you know any way you wrap it and over the years we have laid so many different foundations on the floor that we don't even know what we're standing on anymore. Right. We, we have so much faulty wiring behind the walls. We have so much right. mildew built up in the attic that it's caused people to become sick. And so therefore, we see the wickedness of this 11 doctrine that's been passed down that has caused the land. The Bible says that if you be willing and obedient, you'll taste the good of the land. Well, the land or the heart of the church has been sick for a long time, and they've been cultivating and harvesting a harvest that has caused this sickness. That's that's infiltrated into the church that we call secularism.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And I mean, I, I'm like you know, obviously the circles that I run in, right. I don't go there at all with people like that. I steer clear of that kind of thing. <laughs> and but you know, I go where people are hungry, where they want the real glory, where the fear of God is, and uh, you know, and truth and holiness are being preached. And and um, you know, the point is if we're going to bring things into alignment, first of all, I want to just say it has to be an internal alignment. First of all, a hard alignment. And, and, uh, because otherwise it's just like the Pharisees, you know, outwardly they're doing the right things. They had, they prayed, you know, they preached, they, they, uh, would make disciples or proselytes. You know, they did all that. They did missions, man. They travel land and sea to win one, proselyte and jesus said he had turned him into twice the son of hell that you yourself are <laughs> right and you know that's strong but it's true and the point is we're living in a time in a season where like you said it's just like we just put a coat of paint on it and i i lived in in um i've lived in some other countries and and one of the countries i won't say where it is but most people will probably guess <laughs> um they talk a lot about the apostolic and prophetic and that they've been through this reformation. And, you know, but I have seen close up many of the people that would give um, mental assent and and verbal affirmation to the office of the apostle and prophet being relevant for today. And some of them even call themselves that, but they're not operating with an apostolic anointing. And they're basically um, pastors and And there's nothing wrong with that; we need pastors, right but right. you know they just call it apostolic because maybe maybe uh they plant some churches, they have some campuses, you know that type of thing. But when we talk about an apostolic reformation, and obviously the prophetic is part of that as well, and we look at first corinthians twelve twenty eight first in the church apostles, proton, then secondarily prophets. You know Ephesians two twenty, the foundation. Christ, of course, is the cornerstone. Everything is measured from the cornerstone. You know the cornerstone is laid, and then everything is measured so it's plumb. It's to that cornerstone. Mm. And the prophets build. The prophets build. A, you know, with that true, that that it's true to that uh, plumb line, so to speak. So Jesus is the cornerstone, absolutely. But when we talk about prophets and apostles today, what do we what do we mean? Like some people are like. You know, I've heard it, but what does that actually look like? Again, you know, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. <laughs> so.
1: You know what I think? It's 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 great because this is the application of, of what we're hearing. It's what's been missing in the prophetic. I've been saying for a while now is the prudence or the application of or the wisdom of what God is saying. A lot of people yeah. get knowledge. They have a lot of knowledge, like you said, buzzwords, and yeah. they try to. You can't put a triangle in a square, you know, no matter what you do. And that's what it seems like we've seen. So to answer the the question, you know what? I think there's a great historical snapshot we see in the book of Ezra or the apostles where we saw the prophets come together with Zechariah and Haggai. They got with Zerubbabel. Remember in the temple, the second temple being built? Sarah, yeah. Babel and Joshua. So here's the apostles and prophets. It's a snapshot, okay, or a shadow. So when we we, we, we we fast forward into the New Testament, we look in the book of Acts. The book of Acts, let's let's take Acts 15. This is where they were sending up the apostle Paul and Barnabas. They had already laid hands. They would already sought the Lord, and they were sending them, but they sent them out to the Gentiles. Now, who did they send with them? They sent Judas, not Judas Iscariot a different Judas, Judas and Silas. So Silas had been, room with Apostle Peter before. We've seen signs, miracles, and wonders. We've seen the power of God in that that setup with well, the apostle and the prophet when they were in the prison. It said not only did they get free, but everyone got free. Amen. So there's an anointing that we see upon that apostolic and prophetic strategy teams that God, they sent them out. They sent them like this. And I think it's important. You said something the other day I heard. Uh, on a broadcast, well, I think it was, um, you about David Ballester, Ballestri. about uh, yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. Me and my wife watched it. Really, really informative. Uh, I love his marketplace uh, mindset. He has a really powerful, to get people to think, you know, listen, it's not just about the church. Even though God spoke to me and says, I'm sending you to the church. There are those that have an apostolic and prophetic mantle and an office that function outside. So, yeah. you know, the problem, the problem is this, is that. You know, people are afraid, and I get it. People are afraid of what they don't know. And so therefore, the apostle and the prophet's office had been spoken of throughout the generations, yet very rarely had it been demonstrated. So now what we see in this kingdom age and dispensation of reformation, God's bringing apostolic, the office of the apostle, The office of the prophet together. Now, I want to be bold here. I want to say something. I know there's a lot of people that may say different, but I want to be bold and say this. Listen, God has called the fivefold. But first, we have to have the apostle and prophet's office stabilized. That's a good word. Stabilization is what we need first before the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher. It's not to say that there's not. I'm saying those aren't highlighted right now. For so long, we saw you know the office of the pastor god bless him they took on more than they should have they didn't have a grace and and what the lord has shown me is that the apostolic and prophetic oil as it flows into the fivefold it lubricates all the other offices so in other words there's right order there's the blessing the commanded blessing of the lord he blesses order according to his word and therefore this is the way things are supposed to be according to first corinthians twelve twenty eight. we know first the apostle the prophet why did he bring up the other offices? I have no idea. I just know this is where we're starting it, and we've got to get this part right. So those apostolic apostolic teams, prophetic teams that we're seeing, uh, I believe we're in this. I believe you know I've been saying we're in it. No, we're not coming into it like they talked about in the nineties. and the two thousand, we're going to come. We're going to get there. We crossed over the Jordan. We're here in the land. I believe some people are even circling their Jericho. I believe people are starting to get uh, synchronized. That this Joshua generation that's carrying over the multitudes right now is what we're seeing, this mass exodus. And, and you know, i got to say this to some of you that are coming in right now. You may say, you remember back in the day when they had construction going on in a building or a restaurant? They said, excuse our dust or excuse our mess. Well, excuse our mess. It looks dirty. The, the kitchen's all broken up. The bathroom's tore up. The, what is this place that we're coming into? Well, we have a saying here at Fall Woman. It's that divine chaos before divine order. Yeah. You coming to bed, hon?
0: And you know, I, I really, I really believe that. I believe we are in that time. Obviously, there's a, a deconstructing, there's a tearing down. And you know, Jeremiah 1:10, he talks about. He uses uh, four terms of destruction yeah. and two terms of construction. You know, Jeremiah was called to tear down before he would build and plant. Yeah. And yeah, it's four terms of destruction. You know, and two terms referencing construction. So. Uh, yeah, that's so important. We get that. and and we have to recognize that in this season, and and I want to ask you about this, where God is uh, bringing uh, things into alignment with the, obviously His will, his pattern, um, and and we're, as you said, the the apostle and the prophets first. and and I think this is key, be, like you said, it's not that the other fivefold isn't important. Um, and obviously, all of the saints, we all have a place. But ultimately, when you build a house, you don't try to put the foundation in after you've built the house halfway. And then, hey, oh, we forgot about the foundation. Let's try to do it. Jack up the house. And, you know, that's you build the foundation. You lay the foundation first. Right. And so apostles and prophets are foundational. And yes. and, and it's about priority, not not necessarily you know, authority. I mean, obviously there's an authority that a, like an that. apostle walks in in a prophet, but I'm saying it isn't about lording it over people. It's not hierarchical. In other words, it's not top down. And uh, and and when we talk about foundation, getting that foundation right, um, that's so important.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that we see is, and I've talked to my wife about, I know this may me controversial a little bit, but I like I like the controversial in the scripture and the text, taking things. I believe that God is the Lord told me this one time, apostle. He says, as long as you're hermeneutically sound with me, you're yeah. okay. Yeah. Because so many people have their own hermeneutics and their yeah. own homiletics, you know. Yeah. They they have their own way of teaching and they're taking scriptures. You mm-hmm. know that I believe that as we go from glory to glory, the, the, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, the same today, yesterday, and forever, he's unchanged. He says, I I'm, I change not. So therefore, even though he changes not, there's some methods that do change. Right. And I think that when we look at the scriptures, you know, where Jesus was saying, I want to read something real quick. It's really powerful. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven. Now this is twofold because he's when Jesus shows up, he says, You've heard that if you if you sleep with your neighbor's wife, then you've committed adultery. But I say unto you, if you've thought, if your mind, if your heart is meditated on this, then you've committed the same sin. So therefore, there's this duality that is taking place and he's saying here, doing the will of my father, of course, is cultivating a relationship. That's what reformation is really about. As we look at the Bible and we look yeah. at it figuratively, literal sense, there should be an inward, outward showing. In other words, like the baptism, you go down in the water and you come back up, you're saying this is what's happened internally. Oh. So the problem has been we've had the cart before the horse, so to speak, and we've had a lot of oozes touching the cart of the Ark of the Covenant, and they're really dead. They've really been fired. They have Saulitis. They don't know they're fired. We have people running around that are in wrong offices. We have just pandemonium that's been going on the last 30, 40 years uh, in the church. So it's a circus, so to speak. And that's why we have not seen God's power, God's glory. But let me say this right now, that there's something you touched on. And when you go on down in Matthew 7, 24, but he talks about, therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. So here it is, is that the rock, the rock bed of our hearts, most people have not had, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. There's a high percentage of leadership right now that needs to have their foundation broken up. Yeah. Because what they've been standing on is sinking sand and they're taking a lot of people with them down you know, uh, the Lord spoke to me a while back about, I'm starting to remove, this was in 2020 before COVID, I'm removing the angels of the churches. And I was like, what, what is that, Lord? And he says, I'm removing the headship. Just like we see the prophetic uh, picture of Eli, the prophet falling backwards because he was fat. And the Bible says that he broke his neck. The Lord spoke to me and said that this is the headship I'm severing, Ichabod. But now, But now we're coming back into a place, I believe, of, uh, of a, of a, a Josiah King Josiah moment of reformation before revival. Yeah. He was one of the Kings. And this is key. I think now that chopped down the high places like Gideon he was called a hewer, and he cut down the groves and he dealt with that thing that's up there. If you notice, there's this pattern where they didn't deal with the high places. Right. And that's the thing I think that came back and bit them all the time and caused them to be led back into the wilderness of their hearts. And so God is dealing with the heartbed soil. He's dealing with those foundations. Listen, you know, yeah, they got ways to fix foundations now, but you know what? That's for a season you're still going to have a crack and you're feeling it but I'm telling you the best way is you get you just you, you come down to and, and remove it in other words you, you excavate we' we're, we're in a season of excavation I believe apostle where God is excavating the hearts of people God is surveying the land there's so much that God is doing right now that has to do with the heartbed soul of our hearts and, and and until we get the the headship right he said If you get the head right, the body will line up. It's so important that we go back to the basics, the fundamentals of what Jesus Christ taught. It's not about the church. It's not about the church. It's not about organizations. It's not about the one-man show. It's about God raising up the apostolic and prophetic teams according to the way that he came to this earth and taught. He taught these kingdom principles to his apostles. I want to say this one thing. I read this the other day, and I go, wow. It It says, I believe it's in Luke. It says, now Jesus whom he had called, whom he had called. Listen, this is a holy calling. He was talking about his apostles. Now I know we're making a lot of, uh, probably a lot of people say, you're putting too much precedence on this office. Well, I've got to tell you for, decades it was taken away, decades they tried to assassinate this office, and this is because the enemy knew that this was the key. Jesus came, and he called his apostles to do the work. He says, I'm sending you out, I'm, and I'm empowering you, and I'm authorizing you to cast out demons and to lay hands and bring healing. and bring." Up. Listen, this is right order. So as the apostle is starting to shift into his position with the prophet, we're going to start seeing more people employed in the kingdom of God. This is, this is probably, I got to tell you, one of the most profound times in the kingdom of God right now that we're living in. It is really an amazing, exciting time.
0: Yeah, and that's so good. And, you know, one of the things I hear uh, people say, we've got these two extremes in the church where we've got over here people that don't believe in apostles and prophets. And, and then over here we've got, well, we believe in it. Um, and and again, I'm not talking about there's a there's a middle of the row, very balanced, tempered way to deal with this. Now, we've got people over there that are basically like, well, we're all we're all heard <laughs> People say we're all fivefold. Come on. We're all called to do this. And, you know, and they'll say they really don't want. In fact, man, I, it's amazing. They get livid when you start talking about apostles and prophets and they'll they'll start accusing you of being arrogant Uh, you know, and that type of thing. And I said, look, look, at. let's go back for a moment. Let's look at Jesus' ministry. The truth is, if you want to know how we are supposed to be living, how the church is supposed to be functioning, look at Jesus. Jesus showed us, he laid out the blueprint. He gave us the template, the pattern, how to do this thing. And when you look at his ministry and how he started off, he went around, he was ministering, he was healing, he was preaching the kingdom, teaching the people. And then, after uh, several months, perhaps even a year, he goes up. Luke's account says he spends the night in prayer, comes down from the mountain, and chooses 12 to be apostles. Now, the account in Mark, in that, the parallel account in Mark says that they might be with him and that he might send them out, apostolos, and to preach the gospel, obviously, to heal the sick and to cast out demons. Now, look at Jesus. What did he do? He put the apostles in place first. Later on, we look at the 70, when he sent out the 70, but he chose the 12 first, the 12 apostles. He worked with them. He put them in place. He laid that foundation. And then from them... You know, he, he began to obviously in the New Testament, when you look in the book of Acts, how the church was established. There was a plurality of apostles in Jerusalem and so on. So this is really important that we get this. Now, when we talk about Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 in particular, but really even through, well, the whole chapter, but through 11 to 16, he himself, Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ gave some to be apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers king james says for the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry that word in the new king james is it translated equip and other translations it's prepare now that uh, responsibility particularly again we see the order the sequential order is apostles prophets then we see evangelists pastors, and teachers that that order is is not uh you know just random that's intentional i believe that so when it says the fivefold is to equip what does that mean
1: well i think that you know it goes on down you know when you read it says that you know there would be set in doctrine they wouldn't be tossed to and fro back and forth by every wind of doctrine they would be yeah prepared to stand against the cunning craftiness, the Bible says in yes. King James, of man. Amen. Yes. And to get us to this key point. Uh, I'm glad you went here because that's the, the, the root of our ministry is Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And it says this. It says, so that till we all come into the union of faith in the love of Christ Jesus, we grow up and be rooted and grounded. Wow. So the whole the whole premise of the fivefold is to get us to grow up in the uh-huh. unity. The key is unity. Now, uh-huh. not unity. In the scripture, you know, we know that people can take it and say, "Well, it's an oxymoron. It's like it 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 it, it uh, uh deletes each other." You know, it says one thing, one thing, one thing, another. Well, that's because there's not a formula here. here. Is the Spirit listeth on the Word of God? But there are some apostolic patterns that He's given us. Now, one of the things here in Ephesians 4:11 that's important is that God. God is raising up a remnant generation to work and operate together. I know the Bible says that Jesus came with a sword. Well, guess what? Yes, he did. And that was to separate. And it is still here today. That sword has never left the earth realm. Hallelujah that word has never left the earth realm in other words what he's doing is separating the sheep and the goat the chaff and the wheat but it's for a time such as this that the fivefold would arise amen with the apostles and prophets leading the way much like joshua and caleb did uh the children of israel that Mm -hmm. there's this older generation amen but yet our new wine. I got to say this. There is an Abraham when we see in what is it? Genesis 22, when Abraham and Isaac go up the mountain. Amen. There is the old establishment meeting the new regime. Yet it's not predicated on preference, but it's predicated on working together as Abraham was obedient and he put the wood upon his son's back. It it, it it illustrates what it's supposed to look like as we're working together, raising up this generation with a unified front. We're, we're stronger together, but I got I to gotta say this. Most people, we're not trying, and I don't want to um, preach a gospel, another gospel, amen, to where it separates us from the church. We are in the church, but therefore there are people that have been raised up within, is what he told me, to help beautify, rectify, that's another word for reformation, to be rectified uh, through the Ephesians 4.11. You know, and that's, 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 those are the workers. Those are the ones we see uh, when uh, King David uh, had gone in to help uh, uh, his son Solomon build the second temple, said there was no sound of hammers, everything was already prepared. There was nothing. God has already prepared. He's predestined those that he knew, and therefore he foreknew them. He called them. There we go back to that word called, a holy calling. And I got to say this, Apostle, because I kind of caught it while ago. You know, when you talk to people and you got these two different fronts, you got people that are, I don't understand it. They're like, you know what? We don't want you to be a a fivefold, but everyone's a fivefold. We're all leaders. And it reminds me of the rebellion of Korah. You know, when Korah came against Moses, like, we hear from God, too. Who do you think you are? And so now what needs to happen is I I really believe that God's leading me into ministering on this soon. And I'm sure you know exactly where I'm going. What happened to the set man? Ah, the set man that God set. When he called those twelve, he set them in place. Yes. When Moses was up on the mountain, in Jethro came to him, says, "You need to set some leaders here right. that they can help you with the saints of God." Amen. Yeah. And that's basically what it is: is to build up the saints of God and to help lead them into the promises and the destinies that God's called them to. That's 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 the that's the epitome of the fivefold.
0: Right, and and it's true because as it says in Hebrews. And it's pointing back to to obviously the the priesthood, and it says that no man appoints himself, but he has to be called, as Aaron was. So there's that holy calling. And so, good Lord, um, really, if you are not listen, this is this is so uh, clear in the scripture. But if you cannot look back and say, I had a divine encounter with God where he spoke to me he called me he commissioned me there was a, a there was a sense in which you were you were appropriated or apprehended by heaven and and you were set on on this calling you know and so we have to have that and i really believe all apostles have that obviously in the old yes. testament prophets had that yes. experience and and there's a call that you have to be able to look at and say, I know God called me to do this. I've talked to guys that are in ministry and like ask them, so, Hey, tell me about when, you know, how the Lord spoke to you and when you were called to ministry and I've had them say to me, well, I don't really have that. You know, I, I just, my, my parents uh, were in ministry, you know, it's kind of been in in our our, uh, posterity. And so I just went to Bible school or whatever. And I was like, but you don't have that. And to me, that's scary.
1: Like, it really, it really is because what it, what, what it shows is, and I, I think it's important that people that are on the line today because I've had people yeah. say, "Well, how do you know if your call is an apostle?" Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I'm starting to see that there is a pattern here. In other words, I got to say it: everyone's hell looks different. Yeah. Okay, For, excuse my French, yeah. but there's, there's a lot of people that most people you're that just, I've heard, you're
0: just speaking King James and so yeah,
1: I'm speaking King James. There's a <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's there's this truth here, though, Apostle, that I know you mean. And no. even when we met and we started to hear you and Lynn's testimony about what where you've been, and I, I looked at my wife and go, you know what? These are remnant apostles. Right. And and listen, again, we're not trying to create another clique or another right. club. But what God is doing is He's yeah. bringing glory and honor back to this office. Yeah. Why would why would He employ apostles? Now, watch this. He says it. In and in, in, uh, I believe it's in Luke where he says he called them. I just said it a while ago. He says he called them okay yep, yep. to him, he called the 12, mm-hmm. and so that's what has to happen. Okay, I'm gonna say this mm-hmm. it's okay if you're not a five fold leader. All right, mm-hmm. it's all right, it's okay all to right. be ministry of helps. We, we met somebody the other day that yeah. she has a whole ministry. Uh, and she actually is apostolic, but she has a ministry of helps. I thought it was incredible what she's doing for the church. Maybe you're a pillar. Maybe you find yourself in other room. But in, if you've not, listen, I promise you this. The Bible says that he gave the mysteries of God to the apostle. He gave the mysteries. He says, to you, I speak this way. Now, a lot of people think, well, that's for everybody. Listen, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to shortchange you. Go after God. Go after him. I'm not God. You need to go after God and see what God has for you. But ultimately, it is to cultivate a relationship with him. And I'm I'm right with you. When people say they've been employed by God, yet they never met him, then well, well, who employed you? By, by, by what authority do you come in? And yeah. so we have a lot of sons of schema that are running around the church. And you know what? They're getting beat up, and they're getting people Absolutely. beat up. and getting Absolutely. people hurt. And you know what? I think it's important. You know what? Uh, I think it's, it is it it is a uh, direct moniker. It has yeah. to be that you had an encounter with Jesus, yeah. that you had encounters. It's not like a, yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. right there with you.
0: Yeah, and and I, Paul, I mean, Paul is, uh, I love Paul. And when I look at his calling and you read it, you know, repeatedly, there's in Acts 9, 22, 26, there's the different, um, you know, perspectives that you see there. And at the one point when Ananias is summoned to go and to pray for him, to open his eyes and, you know, he says, tell him all the things he's going to suffer for my name's sake. You know, I mean, the dude's just got saved, man. Like he hasn't even been baptized yet, you know?
1: <laughs> and, Thank and God you didn't like, tell us that stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: and And so, you know, he's, and uh, and he goes on about all he's going to suffer, the Gentiles and the Jews. And so uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 12, you know, I, I was speaking with a friend of mine the other day, and he pastors in uh, Chicago, and he was talking about, we were talking about apostles. And he was saying, you know, in that particular culture, um, he said a lot of people use the title, and he said, but there's no evidence, there's no, um, what's the word? There's no corroboration of, uh, you know, the validity of the uh, apostolity. Oh. So there, so the, the actual, uh, you know, truth, the, the actual validation mm. of that, you know, 2 Corinthians 12, 12, Paul says, truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you. And then he says, with all perseverance. Mm-hmm. in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. I've heard people preach about the sign of an apostle, and they'll refer to the supernatural, which is obviously true, signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. But look at this thing, perseverance. You know, they, some other translations say patience. But it's more of a, an active um, here, thing here, not just sitting back being pay, you know passive. But the point is we need to come to that place where, come on now, when you are called to be an apostle, you know, you are going to, you're going to go through hell, man. You're going to, because a true apostle who walks in that apostolic anointing uh, is going to bring, you know, hell to its knees. Look at Paul when he goes into Ephesus and what happened. I mean, that guy messed up the whole city. I mean, he's got, (laughs) so demons are going flying everywhere. People are burning all their witchcraft paraphernalia and then, the economy is disrupted because the the craftsmen who make idols are angry because nobody wants to buy the idols and you know is worshiping idols anymore.
1: I it's like Jesus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, that is clearly the apostle. Man, you don't look at some people think, oh, I'm an apostle. It's like, you know, it's like for a while Bishop was in, you know, yeah. and and right. buzzword, right. you said buzzwords earlier. Now yeah. apostles in. But yeah. where is the sign of an apostle mm-hmm. in your life? Where is the sign of an apostle?
1: I mean, come on now. You I, I, You know what? I, I believe that, you know, the Bible says that, that that you've been smeared, that you've been sealed. Now, I, I know there's the, the saints of God, we, we give our lives to the Lord, we're sealed with the, the Holy Spirit. But the signs you're talking about, when we look at the ultimate reformer was Jesus Christ. So he patterned; he gave us a pattern that the apostles followed after. Amen. And that's that's what that to me. If if your life doesn't line up to the one who taught you, who is teaching? If there's no reform coming out of you, in other words, th- there's there's got to be. We've got people that are religious apostles. Let me say that. Like you yeah. said, the buzzword: religious bishop and yeah. religious overseer and religious deacon. And we've got this. Um, uh, man-made, uh, uh, how do I put it? Um, ordination, so to speak. You can't ordain something God's huh. put in the earth. It's an ascension gift. Huh. We are affirmed by the Holy Spirit. Huh. We are sealed by the power of God. Therefore, this isn't something we turn on and turn off, whether we're in the marketplace, whether we're in Starbucks, wherever we are, There are signs and wonders that follow, not things that we have to, as we're led by the Lord, but it is, it becometh you. I remember one time I sat in a Starbucks with this prophetic pastor. He's a great man of God. He helped me um, bring some things to the surface in my book that were dormant and that I'm so glad and grateful to him. But he said, you know what, Apostle, I hear the Lord saying, until you put on reformation, until you put it on, until you wear it, until becometh you, then it's always going to be something that you've spoke on from a place of knowledge, but never coming into the fullness of. Uh-huh. And so when I heard that, I said, wow, what you're talking about is a greater uh, depth of allowing Christ to enter into my heart. So therefore, when that excavation There's process that. happened, I was able to go higher, the deeper, the higher you go. So, you know, we got a lot of people that are running around that are, they're, they're I heard a prophet say it the other day, what is this, Mickey Mouse? We're playing a Mickey Mouse game, wow. you know, and there is a direct separation. We're seeing the truth from the false, right. that that all we're hearing is authentic. Yeah. You've been what's uh, authenticated by God, yeah. and therefore you can't fake that. And I believe that that is what we're seeing, Apostle.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and I love it. Like Paul talks about that in Galatians when he talks about, how Christ was uh, revealed in him. And then, you know, and then he talks about how he was, he would pray earnestly for for the church in in Galatia that Christ would be formed in them again. And, and that whole thing is, it has to be here. It has to be here. Like you said, there are people, you know, they, they go today, we have so much information. I mean, man, you just Google Ecclesia, Google apostolic and, you know, go on Amazon, and and you read all these books, and you can, people are like, okay, this is what we need to do, and we need to put together this strategy, and we'll, we'll get everybody together, and we'll pray, and we'll declare, and we'll decree, but the point is, like you're saying, this is so, this is so, this is deep, man, but it it is the, it is the missing pin in the whole thing is that it's got to be here, and number one, you got to be called, number two, uh, it's gotta be in you. And yeah. I know, I know what it's like. You can go through the motions, you can get stale yeah. because of your uh lack of intimacy with the Lord. Yes. Or, you know, or you just you go through stuff, you get wounded, you get hurt, people yes. are nasty, and then you just kind of withdraw and and then you you're not going into the secret place as much as you need to, and 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 so you're ministering and it's more up here, you know, it's intellectual, yeah. and you still you know this, you've still got the knowledge right but but it's not a spirit of wisdom
1: and revelation uh-huh. and i believe that's the difference the separation of of a good word and an anointed word uh-huh. the anointed messenger is the one that has come through first that you don't, you know, the saying was back in the day, oh, practice what you preach. Well, we preach what we've already practiced.
0: Come on, in other I, words, we practice exactly before right. yeah,
1: we practice it before the Lord. This yeah. is something that we practice in our marriage with our children yeah. in our everyday lives. Yeah. This become this is who we are. This isn't yeah. something we put on for showtime. So, in saying that, right. it means that what you're getting is the unadulterated, infallible yeah. word of God through a pure vessel that yeah. we believe in things yeah. like holiness. We believe in the scriptures uh uh for healing. We believe in the scriptures that it says in Isaiah 61 that he has anointed us for this time to preach the gospel, to open the blind eyes. We believe this to the very core. Like you said earlier, I can't, it's unshakable and the Holy Ghost. It's unshakable and undeniable this gift that He's given us. And we don't want to leave earth with our life on full. We don't want to leave this place without doing like Amen. the apostle Paul told King Erippa, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision that God has Come given on. me. I will not stand before a holy God. I will not stand before my king and, and let leave the work here for someone else to have to pick up and do that these mantles and people say, oh, there's mantles they're picking up. But why are we having to pick up other people's mantles? You've been given a mantle. We shouldn't have to pick up those people's mantle. Oh, you need to go lay on their grave and get their anointing. Are you crazy? Those are dead people those are dead bones god is alive he is inside of us it's no longer i that live the apostle paul said but christ that lives in me in him we live and move and have our being so therefore i really believe this is the hour of the remnant reformer as we see in ezekiel 14 22 and 23 he said there will be a remnant he told ezekiel there'll be a remnant that will rise up and be able to give you an answer of hope to let you know why is all of this we us listen The Lord spoke to me, you know, I said back in in 2020 and about the seven to ten year apex that we're going to hit this place. Apex is uh, synonymous with the word Zenith or the high place that we're going to go up into these high places and we're going to eradicate places. There's going to be many, many, many Mount Carmel encounters. I believe the word God is going to have his day. We're coming into a place. Watch this. I'm saying it. I said it earlier to my wife. I said, we are in an hour right now where now all those those little fires all over the world that the Lord was showing all of us back in 2013, 2014 of the revival, God is reforming his bride, so now we have a platform. Now the Son of Man has a place to lay his head. Now the Son of Man has a place. The government is upon his shoulders, the apostolic right government, and therefore we're going to see this bonfire revival. Then you'll see the evangelists go out. Then you'll see the team of the pastors and teachers working together yeah. with those fish that come in the house. And I gave this word earlier, Paul, so I think it's really uh, a timely word to my wife. I said, I hear the Lord saying that the reason those nets busted and Peter threw them out, the reason there was holes is because, you know, what? we couldn't handle it. You know, the influx back in the 90s and early 2000s, the influx of people that came in. It's like they came right in and went right back out into the sea. And so now we're coming into the season time purpose, I believe, the ebb and flow to bring people across. They went off into a wilderness. Now a generation has risen up. And now we're crossing over the Jordan. And now we're here. We're in the land. Many of you have already entered into your place of destiny and purpose. Many of you, you don't even realize that you're already there in the land but there's a right order, and you have to stay. You have to stay current with God, and as you stay current with God in the vertical. God's going to connect you, and, I, and we've started to see this influx as well in our network, Apostle. And I know you have around the world. God is rightly aligning people yeah. so that they can they can be and do. And you know what? It's just incredible.
0: Yeah, it's it's so good, and wow, you just touched on like so much. And <laughs> I, I think know. one minute, I I'm, I'm my brain still I'm back sorry. here. I'm still uh, no. trying to catch up here. Yeah. But, um, le- the last thing you said, and then we'll go backwards. Okay. The last thing you said was about the alignment. Mm. First of all, there's so many people out there. They love the Lord. There are many people doing ministry in different ways. It could be pastoring house churches, right. Um, right. marketplace, whatever, but they don't have uh, really that uh, apostolic uh, connection, that right. alignment. Right. Now, look, there's obviously we want, we need family there, That's true. And there's so many people that are out there alone, but there's something powerful about being in a line to an apostle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And personally uh, for me, I have several people that I, that clearly have the, you know, the evidence uh, of, of apostleship on their life. And, and I, I'm connected with them. And when I get around them, something happens you know, there's, there's, uh, there's revelation that is released that just, wow. Okay. I mean, there's, there's encouragement, there's hope. Um, There's an impartation when they pray for me, something happens. Mm -hmm. I had an apostle who's a good friend of me pray for me just a few months ago. He released a word, powerful word about God closing the door on the, on the closed doors. And, you know, the enemy kept trying to steal things from us. and, Mm And it would seem we would go into a door and bang then we'd get in there. And then, you know things. It was just we went through some things that were just nasty and tough. And you know he just released that word, and we just stood on it. And the doors that um, the enemies tried to close, we know that there were things the Lord told us to do, and the enemies tried to block us. You know Paul said that in First Thessalonians 2 Satan hindered. Ekopto is the Greek, and it literally means the idea of uh, like in Galatians. Ekopto, for those of you guys watching, that word is used in Galatians of a runner cutting in on another runner and knocking him down on the ground. And so it and it's uh in Galatians 5, I believe it is. So he, the enemy tries to do that. Satan hinders us. Satan has blocked us, one translation says Paul said that again and again he said Satan has blocked me. And so guys we need to understand that when we get connected to the right people we get and I'm not just talking about find a spiritual person. You know, look at <laughs> you need to get connected to the apostolic right yeah you need prophets in your life of course but you need to connect it paul was an apostle he had a team jesus was an apostle obviously he was the fivefold embodied incarnationally but he he was an apostle first and foremost he's called the great apostle and so the chief apostle so anyway the point is we need that connection and it makes such a difference we pray we can impart things Man, I've seen things shift, you know, when an apostolic impartation or an apostolic declaration is made, I've seen it, things shift. Mm. And and people are like, I've been praying about this forever. <laughs> right. And, uh, man, you you know, they just got connected with an apostle, and boom, it happened. And yeah. that's, guys, that's not dependence on man. That's not what we're talking about right. here. Right. What we're saying is God has set us in, you know, this is what I just want to say, and I'll just comment on this, what you just mentioned about the nets breaking in mm. Peter, Luke mm. chapter 5, you know, go out into the deep, he lets down the nets, and the nets break, mm. powerful, I ta- I teach a lot about this, mm. and one of the things that, uh, you're right, that net, you know, because the word equip, in, in equipping or equip the saints in Ephesians 4.12, 12, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The verb form is Tidzo. Right. And Cartartidzo is translated different ways. One of the ways it's translated in Matthew 4 when James and John are mending the torn net. Right. That's the word. Right. So the net needs mended, it needs Cartartidzo. So the disciples, they needed they needed mended, they needed cartartizo, they, they needed equipped they weren't ready for what God had, Jesus had called them to, so they follow him for three plus years they get established, they get equipped they get the revelation, they you know, they their heart, all of that stuff, and, and then after, here's the interesting part, after three plus years, when in John 21, when Jesus shows up and they are fishing again. It says in John 21 that as Jesus instructed them to let down the net on the right side, which speaks mm. of obviously resurrection authority, right. and and they let down the net. And this time it says, even though there are 153 large fish, the net did not break. Come on. Come on. Now, the devil not in the details. God is in the details. Uh, and it says the net did not break after three plus years. Why? Because they were Carter Tebowed. And they were connected to an apostle. Jesus is an was an apostle, and and so this is a powerful thing. We need to be in alignment, guys. And and I've seen people who have been um, struggled with particular things, and they get under an apostolic anointing. Man, they've been in bondage for ten years, and I've seen them delivered and set free in in weeks, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes they literally, they need delivered. They've got, they're demonized. That's it. And, and they don't know it. They've been going to a church that's just been telling them to do this 12-step program or whatever. And they need, they they literally need delivered. They need set free. And, yeah. you know, and that's part of obviously the role of signs, wonders, and miracles and that authority. And yeah. and when we talk about this apostle, Brian, you know, Paul's heart for the church, hmm. You know, when you're a true apostle, a true apostle, not this fake. Paul talked about these fake apostles. You know, right. listen, I was reading that today in Second Corinthians. And, you know, he talked about his suffering and his heart for the church. And he said, now, what about them? How much have they suffered? And what and what are they doing in terms of, you know, their affection, their love, the sacrifice they're making to serve you guys? It was the opposite. They were just taking from the church. And the crazy thing is the church was preferring those men over <laughs> Paul. And, and so there's. it's kind of like Jeremiah, you know, the prophets prophesied falsely, but my people love to have it so. But what will they do in the end? And it's a terrible thing. But, guys, the heart of a true apostle is to serve God's people, to lay down his life for God's people. To to pour into sons and daughters, and to reach the lost. Paul said, "I therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect." Hmm. You know,
1: you know, it, and it's just like I said. I call it Saulitis. You know, when Prophet yeah. Samuel's in his day, they wanted a king. They wanted they didn't want God. He even tells them when his farewell, he's like, "You didn't want God, so here's your king." So you know, then we 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 see this this apostolic pattern in the prophet Samuel with King David. You know, he's the one that announced him, okay? He's the one that God used to announce him as a prophet. Prophets announce. Let me just say that. Prophets announce. We see it through the Bible. So there's this teamwork that goes on where we see the apostle. Now, David, the king, was an apostolic symbolism, okay, of an apostle, what it looked like. But what people don't know historically is that, you know, when David was running and hiding and doing everything, he spent almost 10 years underneath his spiritual father, Samuel that he became a tutor to him. He, he taught him the ways and loved on him as a true father. And I believe that true apostolic uh, 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 apostles uh, in the earth are true fathers. They're fathers, and they love... Just like their own children, they love, they they want to see them go further. They want to help them. They love on them. They give everything to them for the for the furtherment of the kingdom of God. The same way it is in the spiritual realm that God is raised up and raising up true apostolic parents, yeah. true apostles on the earth that operate, you know, with the apostles and the prophets. But you know, like you said, is that they put others, they esteem others higher than yeah. themselves. And this is something you can't fake, guys. You know, it's not about how much we know. I know there's People that know way more about the Bible than make preach circles around me, but the days of good preaching are over with what's happening now is God has raised up the true apostolic fathers in the earth that care that truly love like my wife said today, without it it's just a clinging symbol
0: yeah, so good, so important yeah, it's so true and you know it, it it's like someone is saying you know I'm literally weeping as I'm hearing this and yeah. and it's yeah. true. And what I love about uh, what's happening right now, you know, bef- just I think it was uh, seven, eight months ago, uh, I wrote an article that was published. And in that article, I talked about, I said, there's going to be a big shift here. And I said, a lot of those who were prominent and, and renowned in ministry, I said, are going to be, um, be exposed and they're going to be removed. And guys, it's not um, it's not just because of, you know, we think of sexual sin or they've ripped off churches for money or whatever. Right. But I mean, it's guys, a lot of times it's just because they didn't have the heart. Mm. It was a profession. um, You know, it's about how many followers we we have and (laughs) and this type of thing. And but the truth is we have to come back to that place where the apostle is truly um, called and aligned with God first himself. Mm. And, and when we do that, when our heart is right and we spend so much time with the Lord, we minister out of humility. Mm. We minister out of compassion and we minister out of a place of, of hope and faith and power and power. You know, I was at a, I just tell you this story, um, Apostle, and then I want to just say something to the people, and then I want to ask you about your, your book as well. Amen. Um, I was at a particular gathering recently, and there was a lot of uh, pastors and other fivefold leaders in the room, and there was a man there. He was he's younger than me, um, and he was talking about how he basically had become very popular on. Uh, social media. So he was doing these 30 second preaching clips. And I guess he's, you know, very, very gifted preacher. And what ended up happening is um, he literally had someone approach him from somewhere in uh, Los Angeles area, like basically called him up, said, I've been watching you, you preach. And, you know, it's like, Man, I don't know what company they represented, but they said, look, we want to make you famous and you just name your price. Hmm. That's what they said. Wow. And and I'm like, come on now. Somebody is preaching and others are watching it and they call and say, look, we can make you famous. Just name your price. I don't know if a reality TV show or something like that, the way you were talking, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like that, but creatures of LA at,
1: or something. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And you know, when I had a conversation with this, uh, this person and I said to, uh, I said, look, I said, you know, you, you mentioned preaching and cause he was talking about how important it is and, that we we're gifted and we're articulate in our preaching and we know how to preach well. And, and I don't have an issue with that, obviously. Right. Um, I used to teach hermeneutics and homiletics in Bible right. college. So I don't right. have a problem with that. Right. But the point is, I just, I just began to talk about, so what about casting out demons, mm-hmm. healing the sick, mm-hmm. raising the dead, you know, seeing people baptized with the Holy spirit. You see, mm-hmm. There are many places where that's not happening, but man, people can preach the paint off the walls, and and the point is, it's not the, it's not the preach, it's the power, and the power uh, manifests out of those who are really broken. I believe the real power of God, that apostolic authority. You know, like when the apostles are getting uh, preoccupied and distracted and serving tables in Acts 6, you know, it's not right that we neglect the ministry of the word of god and prayer right so so that's that's so important now let's just talk a little bit about your your background your story um mm. you you've written a book that's called i am bulletproof and uh, i just want to show there's we have a little we have a brief video clip oh, here yeah okay i just want to show this let everybody see this this is a promo for brian's story wait till you hear his testimony guys don't go away this is powerful
1: apostle brian miranda is a marine former drug addict and former mafia member with a violent history of prison life After being locked up for the majority of the 90s, he found himself facing two life sentences after an aggravated robbery charge. In I Am Bulletproof, Brian shares his story of being wrapped up in darkness and how he found himself face-to-face with Jesus Christ in a road-to-Damascus experience and gave his life to God. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv.
0: Wow. Powerful. So, a Marine, drug addict, mafia, (sighs) Mm-hmm. And you were in prison for most of the 1990s. Yeah. Wow. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> the good part. <laughs> I, I, tell, I tell
1: everybody, I wanted to try it all. I wanted to try it all. You know what? I, 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 you know, having an encounter with Jesus literally changed my whole entire life. You know, I found myself at the bottom of the bottom, and some of you may be on here today, and you say, "Well, you know, I've hit bottom," and everybody's bottom is different. But I, you know, had come out of prison in early 2000 and got back involved in the mafia and found myself facing a double life sentence, which, you know, in, in the lifestyle I was living that, you know, it's like, hey, well, you know, you, you, you do the crime, you do the time. And so this man, you know, I talk about in my book uh, that kept coming in my jail cell was freaking me out. You know, I thought I was hallucinating. I thought they'd put PCP or drugs in my food. I thought I had finally lost it and hallucinated. And, you know, I had it, I had over a two week span of my life, uh, to make a long story short, you know, visions of my life. I would go out of my cell. He would take me in different places to the point where it there was no denying. It was like I wrestled with God for two weeks and he won, so to speak. And you know what I I I, I have to tell people. There is power, okay? Uh, There is power in the name of Jesus, okay? I I didn't have an evangelist. I I didn't have a church flyer. I didn't have a service to go to. God met me in my worst, in my worst place And you know what? He says, I love you. And I want to prove to you that I've been with you all your life. I've been every place. This could have happened. That should have happened. I held this back. You know, that's where the scripture comes alive to me when it says, even when you were far away, I died for you. It's like, wow. So, you know, you know, I, I really, uh, I my book in a nutshell by the way, we're believing God that it's going to be in the in the in uh, a movie. We're believing we've had it prophesied oh. that it was going to be a movie. The Lord told me it was going to go global, you know, not in my timing, in his timing, but but, but for the glory of God. To, to show people that, listen, I was this guy. I was this far gone, and there was hope still. And there's many of you, there's hope that God had been with many of you throughout your time. We think we, we grew up with this mindset. I didn't grow up in the church, Apostle. I didn't grow up... Uh, religious. I didn't, I didn't grow up that way. I grew up in the streets. I grew up hard. And uh, even though I had this reverence for God, so to speak, uh, just to stay away from him or stay away from his people, you know, I grew up in an era where you respected your elders and you respected God, even though my lifestyle didn't respect him. But, um, you know, there was this moment in time where, you know, uh, I had a decision to make, you know, and I believe that that's the uh, precipice that all of us have in our lives that we have to walk across or step onto. And so this book is a uh, book that was written by the Holy Ghost. It took me 18 years to write it. Wow. Um, it had been prophesied many a time. I had people come to me years ago with there were big time hollywood people and big time multi-millionaires at one time around me and I prayed I said lord if, if if i'm not ready for this then let it pass me by and that was about uh 14 15 years ago and it did it just dissolved overnight and you know i was okay with that because i knew that i needed to have m- more time living for the lord i needed to have that credibility yeah. with god to 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 uh, you know in the timing of god that it would bring glory to him and not to me
0: yeah that's so good. I mean, you know, a lot of people, they, you know, they, they have a dramatic testimony of how they were saved and we just throw them, you know, on yeah. TV or whatever. Yeah. And um, yeah, and they're not and they end up falling. So that's good. That's powerful. Yeah. So you you were we were talking about Reformation and, and you mentioned that there's even a correlation between that book and Reformation. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, how, how's that? man? I'm that's well, I-
1: Yeah, I think I think that's that's something that passes a lot of us by that you know, when we come to to the Lord and a lot of people don't even remember when they gave their life to God. Did you know I celebrate my spiritual birthday every year? I celebrate it. March eighteenth. Every year I celebrate it. You know, not with a lot of people, but I celebrate with the Lord. I'm like so grateful, you know, because that's that's when the that's when reform starts. Yeah. Is when you give your life to Jesus and He transforms and reforms your heart from where you used to be in the world, and now you're in the glorious light of the gospel. Now there's many transformations and reformations that we go through. Jesus said it plain. He says, I behold, I make all things new. So therefore he renews us in the spirit of our mind, the spirit of Christ. So there was this renewal and renovation of my heart. And that's the ultimate reform where we go from one place to another with God and we go from glory to glory. But a lot of people miss that that you know I tell people this is a reformative act of God when I gave my life to the Lord he reformed my mind he reformed my heart so it's the to me it's the beginning of reformation
0: yeah that's mm-hmm. powerful and it's so true and you know the that's what the Lord does he changes us first and we can we can change the outward the structure the systems you know the the way we do church the way we do ministry and even come into alignment with you know, recognizing uh, and affirming the right patterns, uh, but if our heart isn't right,
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's so true. That's. So I think true.
1: I think there's a book I have it on my shelf. I give it away every chance I get uh, by Watchman Ne. It's called Spiritual Authority. Yeah, I've read it. I've chewed on it for 20 years now. Yeah. So I'll get the book every now and then. And I'll just give it away and then I'll buy it again, and and because there's a place in there, there's a lot in there. But this one place he says, watch me if you guys don't know who he is, he was under, yeah. started the underground church in China. He was in prison for the majority of his ministry, just like the yeah. Apostle Paul wrote a lot, three-quarters of the, yeah. the New Testament in prison. So I know about prison, so it related to me. And I said, wow, here's a man that suffered for Christ in prison all those years. And he says something that's very important. He says, you can have the greatest, biggest church, Bible study, everything. He goes, the devil don't care as long as he's got your heart. Yeah. And it's so true because the Bible says that, you know how great is that fall? Yeah. So you know, I think it's it's really important. Listen, especially if you're going in the ministry right now, you may have a great testimony, whatever. But yeah. allow the process to take root, because yeah, if on. not, you're going to fall. And even those that you know that maybe you maybe you you know around you right now, maybe you're charismatic and you have you know charisma and you can draw crowds or whatever. But without the process of God, yeah, it's all going to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know the—it's true. The more uh, powerfully God promotes us, really, the more profound mm. the preparation process oh. it should be. Oh, it, we have to have that foundation in mm. place. And you know, it's taken me years to get to where I am now, and I still have mm. a lot, a lot to learn, and a long way to go. Man. But it's taken me years. You know, there's a book. <clears throat> that's called the making of a leader.
1: Mm.
0: And, um, I'm just trying to remember, Oh, um, Bobby Clinton, Robert J. Clinton or J. Robert Clinton. And that book, the making of a leader, he talks about what he calls the different, different phases of development and and what we go through in life. And then there's a time of what he calls convergence. Mm. Convergence is where all your failures, your life experiences, you know your your maturation and and just your even the skill your skills uh, in, increasing and all of that just comes together and you move into a time of, of momentum and fruitfulness mm. and he mentions it's usually like late forties fifties even <laughs> older you know yeah. and he, he he looks at Abraham Lincoln and others in his book you know it's um it's a prof- professor at um. um What's the, it's down where you guys are in, well, in Southern California, um, Pasadena, the the USC, no, no, no. It'll come back. But anyway, (laughs) Um, anyway, it's, it's a great, great book. And it's so true that we have to go through this. And, and I have found like right now for me, what I'm really experiencing is, yeah, I still want to preach. I still want to minister. And I'm praying like for miracles. God has given me a word about restoration of miracles, and and seeing yes. you know that our ministry is going to be marked by that. And we've seen a lot of miracles, yeah. but just at a, another level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, like it's crazy. Some of the things that happened to me in the past little while. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is, you know, I want to do all that, but I'm I'm in a season where I feel the Lord's called me to pour into others, and I sometimes apostle I I'll, I'll say this I'll say the school of hard knocks is overrated. You know, get, <laughs> find a, find a mentor. You know, like find yourself an apostle <laughs> who's had his head kicked in a few times. Yes. You know, <laughs> That's so good. and, and uh, somebody that you can learn from. Because for me, it I didn't really have that. And I, it took me a long time to learn a lot of the things that I know today. Mm -hmm. And, and I can uh, actually accelerate that process by pouring into someone else. So we, you know, we do this in our network and I know you do that in your network as well, by the way, I wanted to add this. We're talking earlier about people being aligned, connected to apostles and prophets Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we need to be connected to the fivefold, all of us, Mm -hmm. but what I really love right now is God is connecting um, apostolic leaders yes. from all over and those who have a pure heart. And I'm so glad that I'm connected with you, that God, God put that yes. together. Yes, and I'm is. seeing that, you know, that's yeah. what's happening and there's no um, competition. Right. It's, it's just all about let's walk together. Let's, Good. let's uh, see the gospel of the kingdom go forth and mm. people right. changed and discipled and, Nations shaken with the power of God and people raised up into their destiny and calling and conformed to the image of Christ. So Mm. so that kind of thing. So, uh, hey, just let's just talk for in here in closing about where are we headed? What's the church going to look like here? Uh,
1: I believe we're heading in a glorious place. I believe we're heading into the the hour of signs, miracles and wonders that it's going to draw people to Jesus like never before. I believe we're heading into a place right now that is going to blow the lid off everything. I mean, literally, you know, when you start talking about, you know, we're believing God for miracles, you know, we're pressing in for that. Well, that we are too. We're believing that. And I believe that's what all the apostles are believing God for right now is to see the sons and daughters come into the fullest. We're in a Malachi 4, 6 time where the hearts of the fathers are turned into the sons, the sons back unto the fathers, because what God is putting together is the family. He's putting the true family together where that dynamic is what speaks to people. We're going to see the manifestation and the demonstration of the kingdom of God like never before. Because he says, you'll know mine by the way they love one another. So there's this, um, you know, in the Greek, we know that um, there's the ethos love Uh and there's the phileo love, which is the family love. And that God is bringing that back, the agape love of God in the family uh, unit, you know, and we're going to see the church. I, I really believe you're going to see pop ups. You're going to see house churches. You're yeah. going to see micro ministries, kind of like apostolic hubs and what we call Reformation training yeah. centers or RTCs pop up. more. I'm, I'm hearing people aligning to God in this area more than ever in their sphere. Now listen, it's going to look different, yeah. I believe, apostle, all the way around. That's what makes us unique. One of the things that I believe in this science miracles, and wonders that people overlook is yeah. that God is breaking down denominationalism. He's, Absolutely. He's, he's allowing us to be able to reach across the aisle. He's breaking breaking down the culturalism. He's breaking yeah. down all this stuff that has crept its way into the church, yeah. black, white, brown, orange, red, call it what. It, listen, Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. It was what Jesus culture is yeah. what's coming back. And, and you know what? It is a beautiful thing because what it's going to do is it's going to set people free. It's going to set people free in a way that they've never imagined. You know what? And, and one of the greatest things, three things that God told me in this hour of reformation that and uh, season that he was bringing, he was bringing a mass exodus out of the church. He was bringing the new people and, and then he was bringing some Pharisees and Sadducees along the way. So it's really, I believe, a glorious time, Apostle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it is. Hey, you know, and the the truth is guys, the Lord is wanting each and every one of his children to be raised up and in the fullness of their potential in Christ, you know, walking in your identity in that sonship in that place on um, being conformed to the image and likeness of Christ, knowing um, what you're called to do. You're whatever it is he wants you to be, you know, and fulfilling your destiny, your purpose and all of that. And, but here's the big piece that I really feel is kind of, this is what I feel as I've been praying, I've been sensing. The Lord is saying that right now he's bringing, there's a cohesiveness that Mm. that he's doing. And, and just recently showed me, you know, the story about the dry bones in Ezekiel, when the prophet was to prophesy to the bones and the bones were many, they were very dry, but they were scattered is what it says. And, and of course, when the Lord asked him if the bones can live, and then he tells the Lord tells him to prophesy and Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. So, then I'll put sinews on you, bring flesh upon you, cover your skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I'm the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I prophesied there was a noise and a rattling and the bones came together and so on. Sinews and flesh, skin covered, but there was no breath in them.
1: Hmm.
0: And, and I think we're in a time. Here, here's, here's my point. We're in a time where God is bringing together the body. And and um, sure, we're we're seeing miracles and things are happening. Absolutely. But the greatest outpouring of the glory of God with incredible miracles, extraordinary off the chain kind of miracles is ahead of us. But God is bringing together his his people. And as you said, there is this sense, you know, in, in Isaiah six, the last two verses basically says that he's raising up a remnant out of the remnant and and there's a remnant just like the reformation you know luther took it so far and then the anabaptists and so on and then every more revelation was released but we're at a place right now where god is bringing together a body and and i'm like you i don't believe that denominationalism is just in decline i think it's in demise and when i hear when i hear leaders say i'm praying for all the pastors in our denomination today blah blah blah. Like for me, I'm like like why are you just praying for them? Right? You right. know, like so I mean that's not the way of the kingdom. We need to be praying for everybody and and so God is doing something new and I really see he's bringing together his people. Mm-hmm. And and he's building that um connection between the fivefold uh plurality of leaders ministry fivefold teams. Ah, uh, the body of Christ—you know, doing things together. Like we're we're involved in something right now where there's various house churches in a particular area that um, we're working with them to see if we can bring not only apostolic covering and and relationship, but bring them together as well. Yes, and and do different things. So, and there's a businessman who really came to us and said, "Hey, can can you guys help with this?" You know, he said, I'm not an apostle and I, I need help with this. And he he gets it. Right. So wow. so that's one of the assignments that we're on and we're doing right now here in DFW. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. So, hey, I want to just say thank you so much for your time. But I would love people to be able to connect with you. Your website is scrolling at the bottom Right now at the screen, fire and water international Hey guys, why don't you sow a seed into this ministry? Just go there, fire and water international Sow financially into Apostle Brian uh, Miranda and his wife Melody's ministry. And um, I love the fact that your wife is right there with you in ministry. She's not the pastor's wife or whatever. Oh <laughs> no. my gosh, that is old so old wine too. <laughs> I, I still hear that once in a while and I look at my wife and I'm yeah, like that yeah. she's not she's your not wife's the that.
1: same way too. She's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love it.
0: So I want to and and also your book guys <laughs> please do give go there and and do something. Look guys, just do it, man. It's awesome. Gonna, I'm going to I'm going to sew something into your ministry and I'm just saying that not because I'm, I want anybody to know. I'm just saying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am bulletproof19.com is a website. Man, get the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble uh, for those in the United States. Powerful book, powerful testimony. Honestly, it'll change your life. I would encourage you get the book. Send it to different people yes. because they are um, they're going to really, really be blessed uh, by that, especially prodigals. Yes. Uh, powerful testimony, powerful testimony. So thank you, uh, Apostle Brian Miranda. I uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon, and yes. we appreciate you being on the program. So we're going to say goodbye to you, and then um, I'm just going to, uh, at this point, just give some closing remarks, just encourage everybody just to hang on for a moment. Thank you. So thank you so much for your time. Bless thank you. you.
1: Honored. Bless you. Thank you so much, Apostle. Okay. I thank you. It.
0: Uh, yeah, you're welcome. we got to do it again.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Bless you. So thank you guys for tuning in. If you have not done so, would you just hit the share button, share this broadcast so others can hear it. And also, yeah, thank you for your comments. I really appreciate leaving your comments. And I also want to mention that we have um, some great broadcasts coming up like this Thursday morning, 11 a.m. Central Time. I have a great young man. I'm doing a series uh, basically on millennials. I'm interviewing millennials. And uh, you're going to be blessed, guys, when you hear what some of these millennials are doing all over the world. My name is Glenn Blakeney. That's our website, Awakenations.org. If you want to connect with our kingdom community with the training we're offering, it's all free of charge. um, Just go to the website, sign up, Awakenations.org. Go on Facebook, look for the Kingdom Community Uh, Wake Nations Facebook group. It's a private group. You can find it if you search. And uh, request to be added to that, and you'll get the information as well. So, guys, uh, yeah, follow me, please, on Facebook. Uh, You're a millennial awesome. And uh, we're going (laughs) to – Nicole, thank you. We're going to uh, roll this out, this interview. It's going to be on podcast platforms as well. And I know uh, you guys – we appreciate you getting the word out so that others can, can be part of what's going on. Okay, so thank you so much for your time. Uh, bless you. Yeah, to, please do connect with our ministry, and we'd love to tell you more about what we're doing um, all over the world. Bless you guys, and thanks for being a part of this night with Apostle Brian Miranda. Bless you. Thanks for tuning into Kingdom Encounter with Glenn Bleakney. To learn more about us, including how to connect to our kingdom community, please visit our website, Awakenations.org. Again, that website address is Awakenations.org.